Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Awesome. Well, we are in the very end of our, uh, we have this week and next week of the Family Talk series. Uh, not just to scratch my back, but it's curiosity. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series that we're in right now? Anybody? Nobody? Cool. We'll, we won't ever do it again. It's fine. Okay. Thanks, guys. Hands up again. Anybody? Yeah, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. So, okay. Lindsay wants to get a little crazy. Start the wave over here. I love it. So, uh, we have had a great time doing this series. Uh, the reason why I think selfishly I've really enjoyed it, and I shared this last week, but uh, just because obviously it's summertime, like Jeff shared up front, we've got people, people that are hit and miss with different events, traveling, vacations. So just because I have a mic and you don't right now, I want to tell you why I'm so, so excited again, uh, because I think this is one of those series that we honestly haven't spent time talking about as a church in a couple of years uh, around some of the different aspects of what does it mean to be a family? And, and as I shared last week, and it's been kind of shared throughout this series, the whole purpose of using the idea of a family talk, um, how many of you guys have ever had, by the way, like a come to Jesus meeting in your family, right? You guys know what that phrase means? Like you guys had a little sit down, or like, hey guys, we need to have a family talk. Anybody? You guys have to raise your hands tonight or else like we will be here all night, I promise. Thank you, appreciate it, right? Like no one likes family talks, so uh, the, the part that I love about this series is that we're not afraid to be honest as a church, right? We're not afraid to kind of dig into the nitty-gritty a little bit. But to every church, every family, which we are a family, need just to have an honest, like, come-to-Jesus family talk every now and then, right? And so, like, no, like, uh, pulling punches on you guys. We want to talk about managing expectations last week because as a church, we need to figure out how we manage expectations better, right? So it's not like a, hey, like, I hope those tools are helpful for you. They're also helpful for us as a church, Right? So, like, uh, not pulling any punches tonight. Tonight's talking about healthy communication. So, like, I hope tonight that you walk away with some awesome tools around having healthy conversations and having healthy communication in your life. But uh, again, no uh, side note, we as a church need to get better at having healthy communication. And so this is preaching to the choir, right? Myself, everyone here, whether you're a pastor, uh, a missional community leader, whether you're a part of a missional community or not, we all in this church need to be better at managing expectations and having healthy communication. And so the purpose of this, using the family talk language, is because your family doesn't look like families that existed 30 years ago as I shared last week, right? Like the reality is your family is no longer just people that you share DNA with. It's people that you also do life with, that you uh, exist with in homes, that you exist with in the workplace, people that you break bread with regularly. These are people that you consider your family, whether you call them family or not, you do life with these people regularly. And as a church, we live into this more uh, vibrantly, I think, than most churches do because of our missional community component. And because of our missional community component, we believe that you do life with people in community, and in that community, those people will become your family, right? And so the hope is that not only do you apply these principles in your home life, but that you apply them in your missional community and also in our larger church as well. So if you weren't here last week, um, again, I would encourage you throughout all these weeks that we've been doing, 
please, 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 if you had not, go back and listen to the podcast. It's on Spotify and on Apple Music through the Apple Podcast. Go back and listen to these weeks because there are some great nuggets of truth here. As we said last week, and I'll just repeat myself again, the, prin- the principles that we're sharing here are not rocket science, right? Like, there's nothing here that you're like, I mean, maybe for some of you guys, you're like, mind blown, right? But like, the reality is I'm hoping that we're just gathering some great truth and presenting it to you in a way that's like, hey, I needed to hear that tonight. Or hey, that's an amazing refresher. I haven't thought about it in that way, maybe in a long time or maybe ever. So the purpose is to partner both God's truth and God's words with also just really great psychology and practical tools to help you figure out how do we live and exist in family together. Because the truth is, we are broken, jacked up, messed up people, and we put more people in a room together or in a family together that are also messed up, jacked up people. It gets messy, right? Like there's chaos, and that's okay. The purpose is not to like avoid the chaos. The purpose is to learn how to be Jesus in the midst of the chaos, right? Think about like the idea of a mosaic, right? A beautiful mosaic is made up of broken glass, right? Sharp, edgy, like glass. At the end of it, you can look at it. It's beautiful, right? But in the process, right, it's, it's, it's just broken glass. And in so many ways, that is a beautiful representation of what it means to be the church, to be a part of a family together. So let's dive in. If you've been a part of our church, we talk a lot about personality giftings and personality tests um, in, a, in a few important ways. And so one of them that we refer to all the time unapologetically is called the APEST. It's an acronym for Apostles, Prophets, Evangelists, Shepherds, and Teachers. And we're going to read a passage tonight that kind of this comes from, and it's going to lay the foundation for healthy communication tonight. So if you have a Bible or you want to turn there, a Bible app, we're in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Don't put it up quite yet for me, Nicole. We're not quite there yet. But what I want to explain to you guys is that for this passage— there are a lot of helpful tools out there, right? There's things like the Enneagram. There's things like Strength Finders, things like the Disc Profile. There are a lot of things out there that help you understand who you are and how God's wired you. These are awesome tools, not because you don't only want to understand how you're wired, but it helps you understand how other people are wired. Because we exist in community, and so we're wired differently, right? Common sense, head nods are helpful, right? There we go, awesome. So as we learn together... We can also learn how to communicate better when we understand how we're wired. So the first part of this passage is really, I'm just going to read it to you for context, because Paul builds on it with where I want to end up tonight in this passage. But we use this chunk of theology practically every single in every single aspect of our co-leadership team, our spiritual leadership team, our MCs, everywhere, you find the APES regularly talked about. So let's read it together, Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. It said, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Just as a side note, the word pastor there is actually referencing the word shepherd. It's not the pastoral title like I hold. It's a pastoral heart, like a shepherding heart, okay? So it's an important distinction. We use the word shepherd interchangeably there. Their responsibility is to, and this is everybody, okay? Everyone's given these gifts. Our responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now I'll stop there for one second. The important part of this opening couple verses 
is that God has designed us as human beings who believe in Christ to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the primary vehicle that Jesus uses to reach the world, right? Not some crazy theology we're tracking. The church is the primary vehicle that God uses to reach the world. But one of the important parts of being in the body of Christ is understanding what role do you have within the body of Christ. And so we use our giftings here to do what, right? A couple of things here that are really important. I want to go back here to the second to last verse. If you throw it for me, Nicole. It says, to come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we will mature in the Lord. And then that word maturing, right, is this idea of maturation. It's about wholeness. What you see in the final part of the verse here is measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the, so the body of Christ, we measure up in our maturity to what God says. So the body of Christ, we imitate Jesus. His standard is wholeness, not perfection, wholeness, right? Not, not 100% on a test, but completion, right? There's two very different understandings there. So let's keep reading because Paul builds on it. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when other people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And then finally, in verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. And then let's see, yeah, perfect. It helps the other parts grow so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So this last part here, a couple of things that are gonna help lay the foundation for tonight's message about healthy communication. All right, if you heard, there's one pretty obvious communication part of this passage, right? It says to speak the truth in love. That we will speak the truth in love and then as it continues on, he says, growing in every way more and more like who? Christ. So as we learn to not just speak truth, which some of you guys are really good at, by the way. Like some of you guys, you kill it at speaking the truth. <clears throat> speak the truth in love, though. We got some work to do on that, right? So, hey oh, all right, here we go. All right, so speak the truth in love, not just for your benefit or the person you're speaking with, so that you would become more like Christ. There's something transformative that happens when you and I take a moment and not just articulate truth to people around us, but we do it in a loving, God-honoring way. We oftentimes, I am guilty of this, I think that it's beneficial for me to speak the truth in love. And that's true. Or it's definitely beneficial for you to hear the truth in love, right? Can I get an amen to that one? But it's actually far more beneficial than you or me. It's about God transforming me to become more like Christ in the process right? Really important to hear that. And then if you kind of finish it out here, we begin to see that he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. This isn't just about our gifting fitting together perfectly. It's that as we learn to communicate well within our giftings, we fit together perfectly. Because where I'm strong, you're probably weaker at. And where you're stronger, I'm probably weaker at, right? Jesus Christ himself is the only person who fully owned and operated all five of those apex giftings here on earth, all of us, everyone else, 
struggles in various aspects of these giftings. So as a result, we need each other so that we can fit together perfectly. Again, that beautiful mosaic, it fits together perfectly. God does an amazing work when he takes community and they work together. But we work together when we manage expectations well, like last week, and we also learn how to communicate in healthy ways. So that's kind of the foundation for tonight. It ties perfectly in my mind to how God's wired us, because I think it's important, because we can't communicate well unless we understand how we're wired. Okay, so that's the first part. So I want to kind of unpack the first myth about communication. Um, and before you put it up there, Nicole, that's what I want to say. I am someone who obviously teaches a lot here. Uh, I have no problem kind of getting up in front of people, talking and gabbing for a little bit. It doesn't bother me one bit. Some of you guys are like, I hate it, right? Don't ever force me to do that, right? And that's okay. One of the things that I hear sometimes, because I can communicate in this setting decently well, I would say, because of that, sometimes people just think, oh, you're just born that way, right? Like, that's natural for you. Like, you're good at that, naturally speaking. And one of the things that I just want to speak to really quickly in this process about healthy communication is that learning how to articulate yourself well in a formal setting like this has absolutely nothing to do with having healthy communication skills. Like, I could be a terrible human being when it comes to communication, but you would think I'm probably pretty good at it because I stand up here and gab for 30 minutes every now and then, right? And it's important I say that, all joking aside, because it's easy sometimes to think that just because someone is a good wordsmith, that they hold good communication skills. And here's the myth. The reality is, healthy communication is something that we all have to learn. No one is born with it. If you're willing to work at it, it will vastly impact every aspect of your life. No one is born with great communication skills. Some people are, are born with uh, maybe communicating or articulating their words better, or maybe they're not afraid of conflict like some people maybe would be or aren't, right? That's a different aspect. What I'm speaking to tonight is that no one is immune to the fact that we all have to learn skills and learn to master skills as it pertains to communication. So as we go back to the gifting we just talked about, I don't care if you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, or teacher, we all have to learn quality, healthy communication tools if we want to do life together within a community, if we want to exist as a healthy, vibrant family. And when we choose to learn and be dedicated to the art of communication, and we learn how to be dedicated to the principles of healthy communication and expectations, it's in those moments that it begins to drastically change every part of our life. You're, you're, if you're married, if you're married, your marriage, your kids, your, your workplace, uh, all aspects of your life are absolutely impacted when you choose to learn healthy communication skills and put those tools into practice. Now, I'm going to kind of unpack the, the next part of this that I think is super important. It's impossible to talk about communication and not discuss this. And James is going to kind of leave a little cliffhanger out there for you. Let's see if you guys can pick it up through what James says in James chapter 1, verse 19. It says it this way, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Three things James says, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. The reality is, if we just be honest, all of us probably suck at one of three of those things, right? Can I get an amen, right? Me, right? right? All of us struggle at one of those things. So as I kind of thought about communication, 
Uh, I read up on some things that I thought were helpful for this teaching this week. I came across kind of three important things that I want to give you tonight. Quality communication is in three things. It's just as important in what you say, how you say it, and how you listen. Quality communication is just as important in what you say, how you say it, and how you listen. And again, just like with James's verse there in chapter 1, verse 19, all of us, I guarantee you, let me, let me rephrase it this way, let me say it this way. Some of us in the room are pretty good at two out of three of these, but almost all of us struggle at least one of these. So, and maybe you're like, hey, if I can get through one of those things, I'm doing well right now, you know? Like maybe, maybe that's where you are on the spectrum, and that's okay. But I think sometimes that last part gets left out a lot. Because we think about communication, we think about learning how to speak well, how to get your, your thoughts across. But how many of you guys have ever been in a conversation with someone where they're so focused on what they're getting ready to say, they're not listening to what you're saying, right? Not healthy communication. And James tells us this, right? Like, we oftentimes think about all this great um, psychology around, like, communication and some of these things, that how we, how we interact with each other, even, like, sociology, those kind of things. But the reality is God's spoken about these things in Scripture pretty well in the process. James says, be, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So I'm going to speak to all of us in the room, because all of us struggle with one of those three things that I would say pertains to quality control, or quality communication, not quality control, sorry. Quality communication. You're like, not at work, bro. I'm not here. All right, cool. Quality communication. So first off, if you're someone who struggles with, I'm not always good at what to say. Tonight, I want to speak to, to two parts of that, okay? Number one, some of us in the room, you guys are going to love me tonight. I, I'm going to need an escort. Dave, can you make sure I walk out of here successfully tonight? Come me out tonight? People might want to try and attack me in the process. Uh, some of you tonight, your, your mouth runs faster than your brain, okay? All right? So what happens in that process is that you get what I call foot and mouth disease, right? Where like you start gabbing and talking and you start working those wheels of your mouth, that tongue is flabbing, and all of a sudden you say something that you're like, I shouldn't have said that, right? And you got to pull your foot out of your mouth, right, in the process, and you got to start digging yourself out of that hole that you're in. And the reality is this pertains to the first part because you have not put your spirit, your brain, and your mouth in sync together, and so when those three things are not in sync, if your spirit, God's alive and active in our spiritual transformation process, is not in sync with our brain, what we're trying to say, then our mouth is just going to keep running. And unfortunately, words are like toothpaste, right? You can't put them back in. You can apologize for them. You can say it's not what you meant. But at the end of the day, once you say something, it's out. And so if you're someone who struggles with that, my challenge to you tonight is to take a deep breath, Listen to James, be slow to speak. Learn how, especially in moments where you're having a, a, a conversation pertaining to conflict, or you're trying to get out something that's important, or you want to be careful how you say it, stop for a second. Breathe. And think about what you want to say, right? It's not rocket science, but I think it's really helpful to say what it is that you really want to say. The other thing is that some of us in the room, we don't have the problem of our mouth running faster than our brain or our hearts. We have the problem of not speaking in the first place, right? Like we just ignore the problem as if it's just going to go away, right? Healthy communication is not ignoring anything. 
Healthy communication is still learning how to say what you need to say. But that would lead me to number two. It's learning how to say it in the right way. And this speaks to the obvious, like our tones, our word choices, right? Like, I could bring someone up here and be like, I love you, right? It's a little aggressive, right? I'd be like, hey, I love you, man, right? Right, same words. They sound a little different because half of you guys are like, whoa, all right, Philip, calm down, right? The reality is the manner in which you communicate absolutely matters, right? This is, again, not anything that should be new to us. If you're married in the room, you're like, are you listening? You need to listen to this guy, right? Because the truth is, a lot of times, we say the right things, we just don't say it in the right way. A lot of us in the room, we say the right things, we just don't know how to say it in the right manner. And so we have to stop and think about the manner in which we're communicating as well. And then finally, this is just for me, I think a lot of us in the room, and maybe this is just for Philip, and I need to hear this one. Part of learning how to have healthy communication with people is learning how to be a great listener and learning how to stop, let the person speak. And as we talked about managing expectations last week, learn how to ask good questions about what they just said, not about your next point, right? A good listener is not someone who's like, all right, and my turn. Okay, so what I was trying to say was, uh, and point number two, right? Like a good listener is like, okay, tell me more about that. What I'm hearing you say is this. So what I'm, what, I, what I'm gathering is that you want me to do this. Okay, so this frustrated you. Tell me why it frustrated you, right? A good listener asks probing questions because they're trying to get to the heart of the matter. Because healthy communication, you want to resolve things. You want to have good communication, right? So listening leads to good questions, not just simply moving on to the next point. Right? Awesome. Cool, let's keep going. All right, Colossians 4, 6. I'm giving you guys a bunch of verses because, you know, we're in a worship gathering. I feel like you guys should hear these things from Jesus. So here we go. Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Now, I asked Jeff to come up here tonight tonight because he does both these things really well. He's super attractive. And also, he's one of the most gracious guys I've ever met. But the reality is we all can learn from Jeff in this process, both being attractive and being gracious. But what actually Paul's writing about in Colossians, right? All right. So what Paul's talking about, though, is that your words actually can be attractive, right? Weird concepts. Come on, focus here, guys. Focus. All right. Your words can be attractive. And what really we're trying to explain in this process about your words and your communication is that you have the ability to attract people to Jesus by what you say. This is really important that you guys hear this. You have the ability to point people in a number of ways based on how you speak. So as you are gracious to people, it draws them into something that's bigger than yourself. And let's hope that's Jesus, right? So my next point here is that healthy communication often leads to inspiration for others around us to do better. Healthy communication often inspires people around you to be better communicators. So if you're taking time to like genuinely like put your phone down and like listen to me in a conversation, it inspires me to put my phone down and talk back to you and to listen to you. Newsflash, if you're on your phone while we're talking, I'm not paying attention either, right? 
Like, no matter how hard I want to pay attention, if you're not paying attention to me, it's hard for me to feel inspired that you care. And so even if you tell me with your words, like, hey, yeah, you know, I was listening. I'm not buying it. Sorry. Or your words and the manner in which you do it can be so attractive that it can inspire me to be a better communicator. So as a family talk, let's be honest here, the people that you do life with the most, they need to see this because we inspire each other, right? I am not someone who is involved in the military, but just a basic military concept here, right? We're all in the ship together. Like we're either going to go down with the ship or we're going to figure this thing out, okay? This is your commander speaking, all right? Let's go, right? So in the process here, as, as a co-laborer with you in this process, I'm asking you, on behalf of, of everyone, <laughs> learn how to communicate well because we are in this process together. And as we communicate well, we inspire each other to do some awesome things. All right. The last thing here we see in Colossians 4 is that we're gracious. I think it's so important that we highlight that word, and I wish I could spend more time on it tonight that I don't have, but I wrote this down. The glue that holds healthy communication uh, between two people is patience and grace. I did a wedding about a month ago, and I think I've counted now. In the last uh, eight years, I've done weddings. Um, I think I've done 48 weddings in the last eight years, which is a lot of weddings. I went through a season where I did like a ton of weddings. I'm not doing nearly as much anymore. But I've done a lot of weddings. In every wedding, I do three basic principles. Now, the manuscript looks different for every wedding. But one of the things that I use in every wedding is this idea. If you were to pull everyone here in the room and ask them if you're at a wedding, right? Imagine we're all here at a wedding. And uh, if I were to say, hey, what's the thing that holds a marriage together? What's the one thing, right? The easy answer, people want to say like the, the, the marriage answer is love, right? But the reality is that grace and forgiveness is the mark that holds every relationship together. And if you're married in the room, you know that to be true. Grace and forgiveness is the mark that holds every relationship. So whether you're married or not in the room, the principle still applies to you, right? If you want to be good friends with someone, man, you're going to have to offer grace and you're going to have to offer forgiveness. So for me, I'm thinking just one step further than that, I want to speak about this passage in particular. The two main principles that I think that hold healthy communication together, the glue, is patience and, and learning how to be a person of grace, Right? There's a pretty well-known passage in Corinthians where Paul writes about love. He talks about this idea that love holds no record of wrongs. He talks about a lot of different descriptive ways of how we communicate love and how we do love with each other as, as a verb. Love is an action, right? And one of the ways that we do that is by being patient and gracious in how we communicate. Again, going back to James, it's not being angry. It's not being quick to speak. It's being patient and gracious with the people around us. That's your kids, if you're a parent in the room. That's your spouse, that's your coworkers, that's your boss. It's definitely your pastors. I'm telling you what, man. It's definitely that. But it's everybody, right? Everyone that you interact with in this community, it's gracious and patience. All right, three final things here, then we're almost done. Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, I'm not speaking about profanity per se tonight. That's not what this message is about. Uh, that's a different topic for a different day. What I'm speaking about is this idea of building each other up. Right? The whole point here is not just that you have a, a filtered mouth. Right? That's not the point of this verse. 
The verse is not, again, about uh, not having a cuss box, right? Uh, the, the verse here is about your foul and abusive language tearing people down. Do you guys see the difference there? It's really important. Don't separate the two things. So like, if you bang your toe and you say a naughty word, like that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested when that naughty word is about another person. You guys tracking with me? Real life, real talk here, all right? So when you learn how to control your tongue and have healthy communication, you learn the power that you have to build someone up or tear someone down. Pretty simple. But if we want to live up to the standard, which is Jesus, which is wholeness and completion, as we read about to begin with, we have to understand that our most powerful tool that we have is our tongue and the ability to build people up. Man, how important is it for the church to be leaders in the world today by the fact of how we build up each other? I don't care if you are gay or you are a Muslim or what your orientation is or what nation you're from. If we as Christians cannot figure out how we show love and how we communicate to each other well, the world will never see the love of Jesus. And in this process, a lot of it has to do with how we communicate. And the foul and abusive language comes a lot of times from within the church. And we need to be leaders as a church, as Awaken, as missional community leaders, to make sure that we are, off, we are offering the world patience and grace in the words we say. Amen? Proverbs 18.2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. This speaks for itself. I just thought it was really good, and half of us in the room needed to hear it. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one because we're wrapping up here. But don't just fill the void in the conversation with airs of your opinions, right? Like, I, I just don't care. I love you. I don't care, right? What I want is for us to engage in a healthy dialogue because I want us to understand each other and I want us to grow together. Like, if communication doesn't benefit one of us, then why are we talking? Like, if, if someone doesn't walk away from a conversation growing and maturing, as we just read about from the very beginning in Ephesians chapter 4, if we're not maturing in the process and someone's not benefiting, then all we're doing is just filling the room with hot air, right? So like the basic wisdom here is don't just give opinions, learn how to help communicate well. I, I would love to hear your opinion about a lot of things, but if your opinion is just, I don't like this, not helpful, right? Hey, Philip, I don't like that we do this at church. Okay, thanks for the update. Hey, Philip, uh, this isn't my favorite thing we do. Have you thought about doing it this way? That's helpful. Do you see the difference, right? All right, awesome. Last thing here, just awesome, just kind of like the bonus throwaway tonight for you. As I thought about just some basic takeaways for you tonight as it pertains to healthy communication, um, I applied this selfishly just to me, but I thought maybe most everyone else would agree to this. Some of you guys just want practical steps here, and I want to help give you, obviously, not only scripture, but some, just some basic things to give you. And so what I want to challenge everyone in the room with tonight, and if you're not taking notes here, at least write down these three things, text them to yourself, but the, there are three things that I want you to start doing daily, okay? Three simple principles that will help lead to better quality, healthier communication in your life. So these are daily things that I want you to say to someone. The first one is, I love you. I love you. And not just to your spouse or your kids. Those are easy. Maybe they're not always easy. Maybe that's an unfair statement. 
But, but the truth is, right, like people around you that you do life with, people that you get messy with and it's broken, they need to know that you love them and that you care about them. And I hate the phrase like, well, you should just know that I love you. It's garbage. Get it out of here. Tell me. Now, I'm a words person, so I care about that. But the reality is, even if you're not a words person, we as human beings don't just want to see it. We want to hear it as well. And maybe I should say it the other way too. We don't just want to hear it. We want to see it, right? So the two go hand in hand. But start every day finding someone, whether they're a friend, they're someone in your missional community, they're a coworker, right? Hey, I love you. I just want to let you know I care about you. First thing you can do. Second thing is, I appreciate you. Take time in your day to show how grateful you are for someone else. I appreciate, Philip, that you do this. I appreciate this about you. So we're having a family talk, right? This is, a, this is house rules for a second. Man, we as a church can do better at that. I appreciate this about you. Part of how we care for each other and we love each other is also building each other up, right? Be grateful and articulate that to the person. Man, I love that you do this. David and Amy, I love that you guys care about people in your neighborhood and level green. The way that you guys do that, it inspires me. I appreciate that about you guys. I love the way that each one of you guys is wired, right? You guys don't know Peter, maybe all of you guys, but Peter is here every week setting up and tearing down things and hauling his butt. Man, Peter, I appreciate you. Right? Like so many of you guys offer so many things. And I could do it for everybody here, but they're telling me I'm out of time, so i got to keep going. But like, I love you guys, and I appreciate you, but let's, let's tell each other that, right? The final thing here is I'm with you. Man, it's a lonely life that we live sometimes, right? And as people, one of the most powerful things that we can say to each other is that I'm with you. I'm for you, and I'm walking through this with you. Nobody wants to do it alone. And again, Maybe these three things are just simple reminders. Maybe you're already doing it, but I want you to hear from me representing one person in this church tonight that as your church and as one of your pastors, I love you, I appreciate you, and I'm with you. And I hope that as we grow in healthy communication, we not only hold the standard not up to what the world says, but to what Jesus says that we learn how to communicate well. We learn how to be careful in what we say, but also we learn how to be better listeners in the process. Because I guarantee you, as simple as this message may seem, all of us in the room have things to work on. And that's okay. But the goal is that we work on it together so that we would mature and look more like Jesus. That's the goal. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, tonight I ask that you would just come into this room, wrap your arms around us, and remind us, first and foremost, that you're a God who loves us, that you're a God who appreciates us, the messiness, the brokenness, the crap we have going on. You appreciate us. And that you are with us, that you're walking, caring, and caring for each of us. That you are for us. You are leading us and guiding us and transforming us. 
God, as a church and as one part of this local body tonight, God, I just pray that you would continue to give us the tools that we need so that we can grow and mature and not look like better versions of ourselves, but so that we look like Jesus in the process. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus and reminding us as a community what our standard is of wholeness and of maturity. And God, I pray that you would also convict us if that hasn't happened already tonight. Challenge us, remind us where you want us to grow because none of us in the room are finished products. We all have areas to grow. And so God, in a loving, gracious way, in the patience that you have, would you help walk us and baby step us along with where you're leading us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.